Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. I just wanted to let you guys know we are now a week out from Spider-Man No Way Home, and I have decided effective immediately I am ceasing any discussion surrounding this movie specifically. I can I can talk about other Marvel movies as they come, uh, but Spider-Man No Way Home, I, I realize I've kind of beaten that story to death uh, for the past couple of months, you know, with all the rumors, all the speculation, all the announcements. I'm going to go into this now the next week and, and try my best not to spoil anything more for me. Uh, I know it's a l- too little too late considering uh, everything that I've kind of come across and everything I've announced on this podcast and the fact that I've probably spoiled this movie well for a lot of you guys. But I also did give you guys a warning ahead of most of the stories that I gave uh, re- regarding Spider-Man uh, because there are potential spoilers. Uh, and the potential for this a lot of this stuff to be real is very high. Anything from leaked photos to video to little snippets caught in trailers or things cut out from trailers. You never know with Marvel, right? And they're doing their best to sort of keep a lot of things close to the chest. You know, it's, it's surprising enough that they've already unveiled that there's going to be multiple villains in this film, let alone the fact that we're still waiting to hear if the two Spider-Men, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, are going to be in this film. I don't know. I'm keeping my expectations kind of in the middle at this at this point because I've heard it from both sides. I've heard they're going to be in it. I've seen photos that seem to confirm they're going to be in it. But I've also been hearing side, sides from Tom Holland, from Andrew Garfield, saying, no, they're not going to be in it or we're not going to be in it. I don't know what to believe anymore. So I decided I'm going to relieve myself of all this stress and anxiety around Spider-Man. And I'm just going to move forward uh, into next week with nothing but pure excitement for this film. It's a new Spider-Man film after all. Who the hell cares? If it, I just don't want to set my expectations too high and be disappointed in the end. This film's already going to be massive. So I'm already super excited for what is coming down the pipe and what this means ultimately for the next couple of years uh, as it basically confirms that the multiverse is real. Anyway, I also want to discuss about the fact that surprisingly, I found myself slipping back into Red vs. Blue this week. If you guys haven't heard of Red vs. Blue, it's an old internet machinima that was uh, produced around 2003 to present day uh, that's filmed inside Halo. And I think maybe it's because of the fact that Halo Infinite campaign officially launched this week that I somehow brought myself back into the fold of Red vs. Blue. I was a huge fan growing up, and I watched it from, the I'd say, season three onward. I went back and watched seasons one and two because they were already released, uh, and I kept up with it ever uh, up until about season 15, and then I dropped off from there. Season 15, I just just hearing myself say that, it makes it sound like the show is like Grey's Anatomy or ER. It's just never-ending. And, and in this case, it does feel that way. They've kind of soft-rebooted the show now uh, with season 17 and 18 that are coming. It's new characters entirely there that are sort of taking center stage, and the old guard is gone. A lot of the original actors uh, who were you know, castmates from the beginning are no longer working with Rooster Teeth, including Joel Heyman, uh, Bernie Burns, and it's... It's tough to watch Red vs. Blue now. Uh, I can't even bring myself to watch the newest season. I, I decided I'm going to watch the Singularity season, which I believe is season 16 or 17. 
and sort of because I kind of shunned it uh, initially. I actually made a blog post about this on wkey.wordpress.com. It's called Sorry Red vs. Blue, I'm Moving On Without You. And I, I did this a couple of years ago when I realized that I think I finally found the end for myself for this series. And this is something that I want to pose to you as the audience. This is not the poll question of the week. But when you know that you've had enough with a series, think about something like like Grey's Anatomy, for example. That show's been on for 18 years. When, when do you feel it time to just drop off? Is it when your favorite character is, leaves the show? Is it when a storyline just starts, starts to go off the rails and you just can't follow it anymore? I'm sort of at an impasse now with Riverdale, actually, because I've been watching Riverdale since the get-go, and I really enjoyed it at the beginning, but then I realized that they're just recycling a lot of, of stories and just kind of you know, rehashing it with these characters. And now, as they're starting this new season, it seems as though things have kind of gone a little off the rails a bit, and I'm wondering if I really want to continue to invest. I, ha- I just have a hard time uh, getting off of the train. Red vs. Blue, I think, was really the first show that I actually took myself off the train and said, you know what, I'm just not going to see this through to the end. Because ultimately, I didn't feel as if there was going to be an end. I felt as if they were just going to, you know, burn this show to the ground. And all the original concept, all the original tone, the style was just out the window in favor of something that was a lot more like a like an anime machinima uh, style show with characters that... And, and cast members that are far younger and I guess ultimately would have grown up with Red versus Blue, but it sort of lost the same sort of appeal and the same sort of heart that the original series had. I want to know, if you guys did watch Red versus Blue, where did where was it the end for you? For a lot of my friends, it was season five, obviously, when it's shifted away from comedy into more of an action, espionage, thriller, comedy sort of thing, which is a weird combo. I, I would consider season 13... Uh, the true end for the series brings everybody together uh, for one last adventure and you get just a a nice conclusive episode uh, aptly titled The End actually in season 13 where it really does feel like the end of an era uh, for Red vs. Blue but they always set these seasons up in sort of trilogies considering that they're all kind of self-contained stories but in a way everything sort of runs together from season one to season 17, 18, whatever the heck they're on right now. So I'm watching Singularity, which I believe is season 16 or 17. And this is sort of the end of the the franchise for the mainstay Red versus Blue title characters. I'm only about three or four episodes in. I've got about eight more to go. Maybe I'll give you guys a bit of a review when I get close to the end to let you guys know my thoughts and how I feel about the fact that they're sort of going away from these characters. I'm already kind of uneasy about it, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. Anyways, I want to get into some of the stories that we're talking about today. The first one should come as no surprise to anybody, but there was an announcement this week uh, from Ubisoft. Um, They were getting into the business of NFTs, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and they made a trailer for something called Xbox Quartz, which is an NFT initiative which allows people to buy artificially scarce digital items using cryptocurrency. And according to Kotaku, the one minute and 19 second trailer says something and nothing at the same time. What it didn't show, of course, is that Ubisoft has no idea what it's doing. And Quartz's fine print says as much, according to Kotaku. I haven't watched the trailer yet. And I'm just going into this based on the fact that it seemed as though 
the information was a little unclear. Not a heck of a lot is known about NFTs at the moment. I heard that the dislikes, even though dislikes have been removed from YouTube videos, the code is still there that you can look for the total number of dislikes. This thing received, according to when this article released, 24,000 dislikes versus 1,000 likes, which is immense. It is an immense dislike towards this new NFT announcement. And I guess it's good. It's a good thing that you, YouTube has acted on removing dislikes uh, this week because it's unfortunate. This is not public information. Obviously, if you do a little bit of digging, you can find these numbers, and Kotaku clearly did. But what does this mean ultimately for this NFT announcement? Well, I'm actually over on another article by TechSpot. The title of the article, uh, which was released today, actually says that Ubisoft had delisted their NFT announcement video following this wave of dislikes. And maybe it's just not the time. Maybe it's just not the time to jump in on NFTs. They, they, they seem to be hopping up everywhere, but I think the wider gamer spectrum is just not ready for this industry to sort of take hold and take, take over. It's a lot like Xbox when they tried to implement their DRM policies on the initial Xbox One, and there was a lot of backlash around that. Eventually, it rolled. they rolled into the policies, I believe, it just took some time, and I think the fact that there, it almost seems as though there isn't really much of a choice, that, that Ubisoft is sort of like, this is now our new future. We plan to embrace these NFT non-fungible tokens and these play-to-earn games. You know, this is just, you know, we want to get into this industry. Uh, I think We think it's a big thing. Now, it seems as though despite this negative response, obviously Ubisoft uh, does not plan to ab- abandoned their plans to get into the NFT market uh, despite the you know negative public response. It just means that they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out a better way to sort of put this out. I feel that eventually, given uh, give it the next couple of months, couple of years, whatever, we're all going to sort of be hopping on the NFT train. It's, it's going to come a rolling eventually. You can't hide from it forever. Now, this was some exciting news uh, coming this week. During an interview with Cinema Blend, Marvel Cinematic Universe head Kevin Feige did confirm that fans of the character Daredevil are more like most likely to see him in future projects. And more importantly, he did confirm that the actor who played Matt Murdock in the Netflix series, Charlie Cox, w- will indeed continue to play Daredevil. He said in a quote, if you want to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen. Again, the rumor about like that's floating about right now, and obviously I talked about this a couple podcasts ago, was Charlie Cox was spotted on the set of Spider-Man No Way Home in an integral scene with Aunt May, with Happy Hogan, with Peter Parker, or sitting around a table talking about what it means to be a superhero. We actually see a snippet of a shot that shows Charlie Cox in his Daredevil getup. Whether that was a doctored photo or it's the real thing is yet to be seen. But the fact that Kevin Feige has announced this, he's actually named Charlie Cox, it gives us hope for the rest of the cast of the Defenders from Netflix to eventually make their way over to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, either on the small screen, like in a Disney Plus rebooted show, or perhaps a big screen adaptation, or or maybe as like a secondary character in one of these two areas. So there's a lot of hope here, and I hope that we're not just going to see Daredevil. I want to see a return of 
All of them. I want to see them all return. I want to be selfish. Even Iron Fist. I would love to see Iron Fist return. I just think that giving them this sort of soft reboot in the MCU would be a world of good for these characters because they're important. They're important to the wider Marvel universe. Now, this next one's a little sad. A Sony senior vice president uh, who worked on the PlayStation Network, his name is George Cassioppo, he was fired from his position after being caught on an, a video in an amateur pedophilia sting. Uh, this was confirmed by the San Diego Police Department. Uh, the video, in turn, is a man who is approaching George at his home and was calling him out uh, for the fact that he was trying to arrange a meeting with a person claiming to be a 15-year-old boy. This was a video was posted December 3rd on the YouTube channel People vs. Preds. Now, Cassiopo had been a senior vice president of engineering at Sony for the past eight years. This is according to his LinkedIn profile. And after this video surfaced, he was allegedly fired from this position. Sony did email a statement saying that we are aware of the situation and the employee in question has been terminated from employment. And you can see in the video, uh, Cassiopo is wearing a PS5 shirt standing outside the home. The cameraman is approaching him on his property, referring to him as Jeff. And as the cameraman begins to ask a lot more questions, uh, Cassiopo does walk back into his house and close the door, refusing to answer. But he's caught on camera. It, like The light is shining on him. He's been busted. The cameraman proceeds to start yelling that he will call the police. So according to a Google Drive link that was posted on the YouTube video's description, Cassiopo had allegedly spoke with a person who said he was 15 years old on Grindr, which... As you guys know, Grindr is a social networking app for gay, bi, trans, queer community. Now these two exchanged pictures, discussed sex acts according to screenshots of the conversation. Cassiopo had told the decoy that his name was Jeff, provided his own address, and that this decoy uh, said to take an Uber to his location and where he would be waiting outside. But instead, he was met by this man from the People vs. Preds YouTube channel, uh, who basically came to him and you know, called him out. And this is where it all led. This man's in a lot of trouble. This is absolutely disgusting behavior. I, I just don't understand how somebody in such a position of power feels that they can get away with stuff like this, whether it be you have a fetish or you just want to take advantage of people that are too young to make their own decisions. It is absolutely disgusting. Uh, so I am glad that this person was fired right away because it, it shows that Sony took notice and they wanted to distance themselves from this potential scandal. Obviously, if they were seen to continue to support this individual, this would look bad on their division overall. So I'm glad that they made the decision to terminate him immediately following this video's release. Our next story is actually an interesting one. So earlier this week, uh, we had gotten an actual comment from a guy, Con O'Neill, who was saying that Nick Offerman was actually on the set of The Last of Us HBO show. If you guys don't know who Nick Offerman is, he plays Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation. So it has been confirmed that Nick Offerman has been confirmed to play the role of Bill in the upcoming Last of Us TV show over at HBO. Uh, now, if you guys don't remember the character Bill, he was actually in the game. He was a character that Joel and Ellie had come across in this uh, parking garage, in this garage, and they sort of formed this uneasy connection, this uneasy alliance to sort of get Joel and Ellie to a certain area of town. 
uh, and Bill basically is like setting up all these traps. I don't think he dies, but he he ends up giving uh, he shows them how to make a nail bomb in the game as well. And if I look, I'm actually looking at a screenshot of of Bill next to to Nick Offerman, and I think that the likeness is is there. I feel like this is definitely a perfect casting choice. So I'm very excited to see more. I want to actually see a first trailer of The Last of Us if it hasn't been unveiled already. That reminds me, the Game Awards was actually taking place, so I'm going to take a look and see if there was a trailer for The Last of Us, because I did hear that there was going to be a Halo uh, TV show uh, trailer dropping this week. Now, this one is a weird story that's sort of gaming-related, but it's more for behind the cyber veil. Uh, so a German newspaper had reported that there was a man from Soest, West Germany, who nearly died from smoke inhalation, and it took his entire apartment building with him. And all of that because apparently he was too busy to notice that his spaghetti that he left on the stove was starting to burn and caused a fire because he was too busy playing his PlayStation to notice the actual smoke alarm going off, or the actual smoke in general. Uh, so according to the reports, the gamer was shocked when the fire department had busted into his apartment, which by this point was so filled with smoke, it was starting to resemble a Prince music video. That, that quote I'm pulling from GamingBible.com because I found it on Instagram, thought this was a hilarious story to talk about. This is kind of an idiotic story. How do you not notice a smoke alarm going off in your house? Even with headphones on, like noise-canceling headphones, like in an apartment, a smoke alarm like is pretty loud. Like that that is you could hear that down the hallway of an apartment if that was going off. I that's insane. So like and this is what kind of like startles me about gamers. Um you know, speaking as one who who used to be a hardcore gamer and is now sort of a part-time uh, recreational gamer. For God's sakes, man, if you're cooking food, pay attention to your food. Do not let it burn your house down. And all over spaghetti, for God's sakes, man. Like, that, uh, it's disappointing to hear stuff about this. Anyways, I am going to move on from this story. That was just a quick little snippet for Behind the Cyber Veil I wanted to give you. It's very disappointing to the gaming industry. Why are we letting our spaghetti burn on the stove? Come on. Uh, finally... I've got one movie to talk about with you guys on what's in the letterbox. What's in the fucking box? Okay, so I've waited long enough to sort of talk about this. I put this movie off for too long. It's the movie Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds. I know uh, my buddy Jordan from work has been asking if I'm going to talk about it, if I've seen the movie. So let's talk about this movie. Uh, it deals with a character, Guy, who doesn't realize until... You know, he's given a pair of glasses that he's actually a non-player character in a uh, big online virtual world game uh, called Free City uh, that will soon go offline. And he basically, with this knowledge, decides to create havoc and be in the most interesting character, non-player character in a video game ever. So much so that he uh, wins the affection of a actual player character <laughs> who plays the game. Strange concept, but you know the. Ryan Reynolds is definitely charismatic, and Taika Waititi, you know, plays a very charismatic and very interesting villain. But I was not a huge fan of this film. I gave it a modest score, a two and a half out of five. I was impressed by the visuals, not so much the story. I thought that it was pretty predictable. Uh, I thought a lot of the characters were pretty bland. I thought that there were some interesting cameos, you know, and even some gaming cameos. 
um, even some gamer moment cameos, including one of the coolest scenes in the movie uh, near the end involving Captain America. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But other than that, I think that this film was just unnecessary. You know, I, I think that it garnered this massive sort of like fan base or this massive appeal and i think it was based around the marketing perhaps for this film it just it seemed like it was one of the first films i believe to come back in the theater if i'm not mistaken uh so there was this big hype around it coming out and i don't know i don't think i would have spent my money to go watch this in the theater so i'm kind of glad that i got to watch it for free uh, but let's uh, take a look at some of the reviews over on uh, Letterboxd. 24 Frames of Nick gave this one a 3 out of 5. He said, There will never be a movie that says video game terms in a way that doesn't make me want to shoot myself. I'm, I'm with you right there, unfortunately. William, and this is not me, this is a different person. He only gave this a half score out of 5. Or like, 0.5 out of 5. I don't know how, but this movie got actually got negative laughs from me. Like, in the future, I will laugh less because I watched Free Guy today. So basically, it took laughs away from him. So when he goes in to watch a funnier film, uh, like a 21 Jump Street or something like that, he's not going to be able to laugh until he you know, clears all that negative energy from him. Finally, Coffee gave this one a 1 out of 5. He or she said, the most generic version of itself possible. I hope Ryan Reynolds is having an awful day. What TT says, what you talking about, Willis? And it made me want to commit seppuku. There's a two-minute portion where it turns into a Disney spot the IP fest. Jodie Comer, fuck me challenge. This movie reminded me of why I hate gamers. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if this film was made for gamers or by gamers or with gamers in mind. It almost just seemed like a parody of itself in a way. And it was kind of offensive to the eye. I'm sorry to say. And I'm sorry, Jordan. I just... I know that you were really looking forward to me watching this film, but um, I did. I gave it a sort of baseline score. Two and a half out of five is like 50%. You know, it wasn't like completely terrible. Like, I think that there were some moments in it that were like, okay. But would I watch it again? Probably not. I'm sorry to say. Finally, I would like to go over our poll question responses from last week. This one didn't really receive a lot of attention, surprisingly, but I want to break it down for you. So last week I asked you guys, would you like to see a PlayStation Game Pass style service on mobile devices? So with four votes on at will key, it was split 50-50. So we were actually looking for podcast outbreak to sort of split the vote. And did they split the vote? Why don't we find out? So going over to the at podcast outbreak side, 100%, this is two votes, said yes. So with that, there's four votes yes, two votes no for PlayStation-style Game Pass service. I Personally, I want to know, of the two people who said no, why Why is that? Why, why wouldn't you support a Game Pass service? Like, is it because you're just an Xbox fanboy? Or you just don't want to see Sony be successful? Because at the end of the day, I think the people who said yes want to have that accessibility of playing Sony games on their handheld, much like Xbox people get to play Xbox games on their handheld. So I thought that this would sway a lot more to the yes side. I didn't think that there would be this many no, that they would split the vote. So I was very surprised by that. Finally, I want to give you guys the poll question uh, for next week that you guys can answer for me. This one deals with the uh, Charlie Cox Marvel Kevin Feige story. I want to ask you guys, which other Marvel Netflix character should return to the MCU next? I mean, who should they announce next? Not even like, 
As I said, all of them would be perfect, but who would be the biggest one you'd want to see next? I've got Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and The Punisher. Pick one of those four and let me know, either on at Will Key or at Podcast Outbreak, what you guys decide. Anyways, that brings me to the end of the podcast this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally will post feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything I find interesting. On Facebook, you can follow this podcast Facebook page at facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. On Twitter, you can follow this podcast at Podcast Outbreak. Or please, feel free to follow me on my personal Twitter, at Will Key. Guys, if you haven't followed me on TikTok yet, search William Outbreak. And if you guys are also on Redbubble and you know, in a separate tab from TikTok, you can search William Outbreak there. You can copy-paste to both. And you can find basically most of my content on both of those accounts. Guys, if you're new and you want to join my Discord server or subscribe to my YouTube channel that's got zero videos, feel free to go ahead and look for both of those. Links should be in the show notes below. Also, if you guys are listening to this on Podbean, thank you all so much. But did you all know that Podbean ships this podcast off to all the listening platforms? That includes Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Castro, CastBox, the list goes on and on and on. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode and have yourselves a great night.